Please stand by for a special podcast from Two Works For You. And thank you for joining us on this Beyond the Forecast, a podcast brought to you by Two Works For You. I have the privilege of being joined today by a good friend, an old friend, and someone I have known since the fourth grade. Jennifer Clark, welcome to the podcast. Mike, thanks for having me here today. You know, it's funny that you say that because I think you're like the epitome of a dream maker. Like you (laughs) had a dream. I had a dream. You you and Martin Luther King. Yes. But really. had a better dream. How, I mean, you've known, at least since I've known you since fourth grade, you were going to be a meteorologist. You never walked around saying the chief meteorologist. That's just (laughs) special. Right. Uh, Yeah. You know, I did. And it was weird. I just knew I wanted to be involved with weather. And uh, that was something I, I worked my tail off since I was young. To achieve and uh, look where I'm at right now, Jane. Can you believe it? No, that's what I'm saying though. Like it's so cheesy. But like my girls, one of my girls right now has the um, goal of being an elf. Okay. And helping Santa. So I mean, we dream real big in our family. Hey. And then <laughs> the other one would like to be a dog. So we're you know we kind of have some room to grow. But I did tell them that since I've known you, uh, you knew what you wanted to be, and that really is cool. Now, how old are your girls now? They'll be six this week. Okay. Tell us about your girls. So, um, I write a little blog here for Tulsa kids. Um, it's called Tulsa times two, because we like to go on adventures. I met someone when I was six months pregnant and she was a twin mom and we lived in Dallas and she goes, I haven't left my house in two years. And I was like, Oh, and so it kind of scared me, um, in a good way. And I decided, once they were six weeks old and they got vaccinated, we were hitting the town. <laughs> and so they don't think it's weird. I mean, they are in school now, so we don't get to do as many adventures, but it was something that was kind of cool. And I didn't work when they were first born. So we would just be in Dallas and every day would go just do things by ourselves. And it just kind of became our new normal. And they don't know they're on a blog, by the way. <laughs> no clue. No, no, clue. no, no, no. I've tried to explain it to them and they're like, but you're not on YouTube. I'm like, sorry, guys. That would be the epitome of success for them. I hear you with my kids. It's YouTube or Roblox. If uh, anything outside of that, what are you talking about, dad? You know? Yeah, but they do. My kids do know you, but they also are like, mom, you can't do the weather. I'm like, that's true. I really, I can't read. And I know you were trying to explain to them a podcast. I was. They were like, where can we hear this? They go, we don't have a radio. <laughs> I said, well, you can actually do it from your phone. Yeah. Listen to it in your car, um, on your computer. That's right. I mean, pretty much anywhere. Many different forms. Absolutely. Do you remember in fifth grade us doing the uh, the uh, the news and the weather? Uh, I do. And I'm, we're always so sad because we cannot find this I video. Know. But we literally reenacted. I was a reporter and Mike was telling the weather and it was oddly natural. And I mean... Me and Mike could have done that all day. I was like, oh, we got to get back to real school. Do you um, think right? <laughs> do you think you missed your calling in the news? Because you did so well then. I love telling the news. The, I'll tell you, as you know, all the news anchors and reporters, you all live a long, hard life. I'm like <laughs> crazy hours. Crazy, uh, yes. A lot of travel or, you know, a lot of times people get transferred to different markets. So right. for me, I actually would have loved to have been a reporter. But I decided um, marketing and more um, community items were kind of where my passion lied. And so I've always known you to be the marketing person. I remember, uh, you know, back in the day when you worked for a PR firm, um, tell us about the beginning of PR, let's say 10 years ago to where it's transformed to what it is today. Yeah. It is interesting how our worlds align, um, professionally and personally on all of that. Because, you know, 10 years ago, if you worked in public relations, your goal was to get earned media. So back then there was 
multiple um, print advertisements. There was the paper that was then it was even published twice a day right. um, you yeah. know, to a certain extent. And then, um, you know, more news. There was more live news. There was more TV shows that were all local and live needing content to fill. Right. And so if you had press conferences and all these things, you got to be on TV probably five to 10 times a day. Sure. Now, fast forward, there's just not that many opportunities. Um, and anyone who has a big business or a small business is very grateful if they get to be on air, uh -huh. um, whether it is radio, TV, print, but the opportunity is a lot smaller as in also individuals are creating their own content with social media right. and other things. Um, but I still think it's really important. I mean, I've never, I love small businesses. That's a huge passion of mine. I mean, I and mean, you work for a small business now. Yeah. I work for HCS roofing and restoration and, um, you know, a couple other small businesses. And what I love about this is that you get to know the owners and you literally know right where the money is going to. Sure. And then they always are so philanthropic and bring it back into the community. So you want to cheer for them. And it's a champion. Like you were mentioning, you have a friend who owns a car dealership. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you know them and you meet someone who's like, oh, I bought a car here. You're like, that's so cool. Right. You're, I know them. Yeah, They're I good know people. Them. It is. But you want them to succeed. Like, I'm always like, I want my friends to grow up and have two houses or, you know, have enough money just to live a good life right. is what the goal is and, and kids to feed. Yes, exactly. So I think it's awesome to see that. Not that I don't want the big people to win, but it's awesome to root for the local small business. Yeah. You know, the big people have a lot of resources Definitely. and, the, and they can spread it all out. Uh, like you said, when you are um, uh, a small business, you have limited resources and you really need to get attention to people. Uh, and you know, with the way, like you mentioned, the, the media has changed so much, so drastic over the past two, three, five, ten 10 years, you look back 20 years ago, like you said, and there has been a drastic shift in the way audiences view media and uh, other things in life. So as far as, do you think you could make it in the PR realm these days compared to 10 years ago when it was more concentrated? Me personally? I know you could, but <laughs> no. I mean, what are your thoughts I on think, that? You know, all, I will say this. I still have lots of friends who are in public relations and, and who work at the agencies and they're still you know, kicking butt and taking names Good. every single day. That's awesome. And they also just like this, they also help those clients with social media, mail. I mean, it's a full circle how sure. people get their information. Um, I also think in Tulsa, in PR marketing and in your world is community events. Like I would be fascinated how many promotions or what's one that you remember that had a huge impact that like you like channel two and you got to be a part of. Cause that's another opportunity. I think that living different places, but being here is that people use their power of voices being heard or whatever you want to say that people can get the word out. Right. And I do think either PR agencies, TV firms, small businesses like us, we all try to do our part there. And it really is cool to see that. Right. It's a little contagious. Honestly. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so HCS Roofing right now, that's who you're with. Uh, yes. You said you have some other uh, small business as well. What would you say is the number one thing that you're trying to accomplish for them on a, on a daily basis? Um, I, the number one thing I think for me, for all these small businesses is consistency. Um, right. We want to make sure internally that we are a well-oiled machine. Whenever we get that business, we want to be ready to give the best product to sure. you. Um, and then number two is finding outlets for people to discover these businesses. That's a huge challenge because again, a lot of our competitors, whether it's roofing or furniture, whatever product I'm working on, the average competitor could be spending a million dollars in a year, 200,000, a hundred thousand. Right. And most, well, not most, 
yeah, most small businesses do not have a budget where they can pay to have that type of advertising. So I always think there's enough business to go around, but you've really got to let people know about it. Because for example, with roofing and restoration, you usually need our services when you're pretty stressed out. It's true. <laughs> like there's water coming through your house or on the floor, or there's a fire or vandalism. And so we need to be top of your mind to call us um, or to have someone recommend our services. And, and I think what you all do really well is uh, social media and, and you're always there because what I notice is, and this would be for myself, is is if that you're in front of me, um, you know, maybe not every day, but uh, once a week I, I see you pop up and you're in the community and you're working. When something does happen to me, I you know what? Oh, wait. Thanks, Mike. Yes, that, and that's what we're trying to do. And I think when you have a small business, what is something that also gets overlooked is marketing because they have to do all the other things. They need to be checking the roofs, HR, right. compliance, so many things. And so I'm always grateful when companies allow me to come in and work with them because you're treated like family. I mean, they know everything good, bad in between, and it, <laughs> but it is awesome. And so I'm really grateful for them and they're a really good company. Now you're big into helping the community out. Uh, yeah, I know you've always helped out nonprofits, but it always seems to be very close to your heart as well. Uh, tell us about some of the nonprofits that you're involved with. Sure. So, uh, you know, Tulsa being, I think, the largest uh, philanthropic city per capita, I definitely have that contagious bug of that. And um, I do a lot of work with uh, Hughes for Hope, which is, you know, Melissa Bryce Gamble's um, one of her events from her foundation for her daughter, Jenny, um, the GFPD that's um, based here. And then the one that I do the most work now with is 12 and 12. So 12 and 12 is a local um, rehab addiction center. Um, it also is a 501c3. So people always get confused and think like, I don't know what they think, but it is a 501c3. So Right. I mean, I think, you know, just being on the outside, it's uh, to help people yes. uh, to recover. Sure. Uh, that's just, you know, for me on my, uh, my very little knowledge. Um, sure. So give us a little more background because it being a nonprofit, um, how it survives and, and how it needs to be helped out. That's a good question. So um, there's a couple different components at 12 and 12, but a portion of beds is held every single night, every right. day that the state funds. Okay. So even though often the state does not provide enough money to cover the cost for these patients, but legally, and they are proud to hold those beds. So it does not matter if you are homeless, have no money, walk in, there is a certain amount of beds that are on hold. We actually have a lot of patients that come from Oklahoma City because there's only two hospitals statewide of this um, type of caliber. Wow. Um, and then the rest are people that if you um, have insurance or are a private pay patient, a certain amount of beds are held for you. So 12 and 12 is there to help with addiction from anything from alcohol, um, opioids, um, meth, you know, it goes across. And Oklahoma has been impacted really hard with um, addiction. So there's a lot of different resources and, you know, things that are trying to be done to help stop the ec epidemic. So, you know, ep uh, unfortunately, addiction has been uh, a problem in my family as well. I've seen it firsthand. Um, you know, the right now on Netflix is huge as the pharmacist. Yes. Uh, that's that's definitely one of the top Netflix shows over the past uh, week or two. Uh, so we know how prevalent it is. Um, but how can we help Get, you know, kind of give back to the community ourselves? Is it, is it just through money? Is it, is it through uh, help telling people about it? What could, what could we do at home? That's a great question. I think there's a lot of different resources. I think first, like you said, I've never met anyone who says I do not have someone in my family that is an addict. It's, it's just not the case, unfortunately. But because of that, we all have the opportunity to change that. I still think there's a bad stigma that people don't feel comfortable. Like if you called me and said, Jen, I just got diagnosed with cancer. I know what to do. I'm going to 
bring some food over to your right. house. Yep. I'm going to probably write a letter to your wife. You know, there's some things when someone says, oh, my dad is in the hospital or a mental institution for drug issues. You just kind of freeze and you're like, okay, yeah. you know, you don't know right. what to do. And so I think now is the time, A, just even when you post about it on social or learning more about it, B, um, I got the opportunity. Um, I lost my dad. It'll be 10 years ago in April. Mm-hmm. And he is something that's been all over the news where he never did drugs, never drank. And then he had a health condition and they prescribed, um, Oxycontin mm-hmm. and he became addicted. And so from that it changed his life and it actually cost him his life. And then he, you know, he, passed away and the day he was supposed he died he was supposed to check in two, twelve, and 12 and chose not to go and so I knew whenever I was comfortable to talk about it I wanted to do something so I called 12 and 12 and I was like hey I'd like to volunteer and they said we don't have a volunteer program I'm like that's okay I'll start it so fast forward we're still all working together but they they need basic things as clothes I mean those patients most of the patients that walk in come with what's on their back and so I'm kind of leading a charge right now. Women are men to drop off things. Um, also, you can join the volunteer group. Our our goal is not money focused, which I think is good because a lot of times people are like, well, I don't want to ask my family and friends for money. It's A, just to kind of break up the stigma. B, they need volunteers just to help with basic things um, at 12 and 12. And then also you're an advocate for people. I get texts all the time where they know someone who's struggling and they just need to know the resources. And when you're, again, stressed out, it's very hard to know what to do with a loved one. Not a doctor, but I can definitely help you and sure. give you the, the necessary tools. So, you know, let's start, we'll talk about your dad a little sure. more. Um, when, how long did it take him for him to succumb to that addiction? I mean, how long was the process there? Sure. I think it was about seven years. So he had asthma his whole life okay. um, since he was four years old and he was on steroids. So, you know, now we learn so much like, you know, I know you do intermediate fasting and right. gut health. And so what had happened, literally the lining was coming out of his stomach from his steroids Wow. for asthma, not for right. other. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Um, because of that, the doctors gave him painkillers and literally he was addicted within four days. And I didn't realize it until... A little bit later, but then I definitely could tell that he was different and, you know, had my own interventions. But then because of that, you know, life happens and everything kind of got taken away. But it was crazy to see on the news. I mean, we all see it now how many people were impacted and now they're blaming the pharmaceutical companies. And, you know, my whole stance is this. I believe in painkillers. I know there's a lot of people who need it. Right. So I am definitely not someone who's like, take all the painkillers away. I mean, if you are suffering, you should be able to be comforted. But it is too bad in my dad's case where he was sick and instead of treating the the health problem. They just gave him something to cover it up. So then he was sick and then he was addicted. And then unfortunately he lost everything. And now I think there's so much more you learn. Like I didn't realize like addiction is a brain disease. I mean, I was definitely the person who thought, are you, they just want to have fun. I don't know. Right. You just not things that are very educated is all I can say. And I'm a lot more educated on it now. And I also see a lot of awesome success stories. I love meeting people in recovery. I love hearing like the crazy journey they went on and where they are today. And I like, in this huge champion in my heart, like I see their kids, they get to be with their kids and their families. And I'm always rooting all those people on. If you have, if somebody's out there listening right now and they have someone facing addiction and they know that they're going through something, but they just don't know how to help. I mean, what, what do we do? Yeah. I think it is one of those things. That's the toughest question because I think that the individual has to help themselves, Sure, but there are, and there's Al-Anon, there are, um, things in places that you could go to get support. But I definitely think you can go to 12and12.org and there's a lot of resources. There's actually an outpatient facility with OSU there. So there are people they treat during the day because some people are like, we still have to work 
or we're at a different level and some people are able just to go through the day or some people need to take that 30 days and detox and be there. Um, but definitely with families, that's why I find the most support in helping my friends whose parents are suffering or another loved one is you just want someone to talk to and be heard. That can go so far. I know I felt very isolated and I'm grateful that I did have good friends, but there was a lot of people who kind of stopped talking to me and felt weird. And I get it. They didn't know what to do. They almost treat you like I was contagious, you know, and it's, and I get it. I don't judge any of that. I just always hope maybe now if it ever happens again, they would think differently about it. So there, you know, we had a psychologist on here just two weeks ago and there is a stigma about mental health. It's like, okay, my heart's sick. Let's go to the doctor. Hey, I'm going to help you out through this. Uh, My head is sick. You know, I have a brain issue. Oh, stay away from you. Let's not talk about it at all. It's just weird how, you know, it's just, there's that stigma that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. It's weird. And I also learned just from me being more public about it and every, I get mixed you know, thoughts for people like, Oh, what would your dad think? I'm like, I knew my real dad and he would want me to help other people. He lost his battle to addiction. That was not who he was. And so me talking to him about this or talking about him, I'm like, I can tell you a hundred million great things about him. This is something that I know he would not want someone else to lose their life sure. over this. Um, but also, like you said, it is so weird. Once you open up that box, it was awesome how many people I knew, I had no idea were actually like in recovery themselves. And like one girl in particular, she said to me, you're the first person I've told outside my family. And now next year, she's actually gonna be one of the faces of 12 and 12 day. We picked wow. 12 people and she, per her choice. But I think it's just, again, we all need that support. I always say, something I try to do every day and I know I need it. If you see someone who's struggling, but you start believing in them and you really believe in them, it can make a huge difference. It doesn't mean they're going to be perfect every day because right. <laughs> none of us are. Even today, I was like, I was kind of grumpy to the girls on the way to school, but I'm like, when I pick them up, I'm going to be like, sorry, I was a grump. <laughs> like, I feel like we all just have to give ourselves some grace on that stuff. Oh, so true. Because we're all, every single person's going through their own battle in life and, and social media these days makes it look all so perfect and so good. And Everybody's got this and that, but in reality, it's a struggle for anyone. Nobody has it easy. No. And again, I think it's, you can celebrate everything. And I do think that is interesting thing about social media is you do end up finding out things about people. There's no way you would have known. Like I would have never written you a letter and been like, Mike, I'm struggling. You're like, okay. I mean, it just would have not been in context, Yeah. but with this avenue it is, but you also get to celebrate the big things too. And it kind of connects you to people. So I don't know, it's been a really cool process and I appreciate your support on it and everyone's and it's, um, it's kind of just starting because like every nonprofit, they don't have a huge staff, right? The staff they have are the people that are needed. And so they really rely on volunteers and, um, I'm grateful to be one of their volunteers. So you're you're a volunteer. I know what your specialty is in help and getting out the word and marketing and, and what other, what can other people do to volunteer to help all areas right now? We're actually needing help organizing the the donation rooms. I mean, from that people with spreadsheets. We need help when we get donors to organize. I mean, literally it doesn't matter what your skill set is. I always laugh because I am a tornado. So when they're like, can you help us organize this room? I was like, oh, I know people who can. I will help once you give me a task. But that's the thing. You don't need any credentials. You just need to have an open heart. And I think that's all you need. Do you feel like, you know, once you get this up and going further that you'll move on? Or is this something that you want to continue on the rest of your life? I hope I get to do it for the rest of my life. Even my girls, they don't know what my dad passed away to, but they know a lot about 12 and 12 because like we'll go on the weekends and be picking up bags from people's houses or whatever. And they haven't got to go yet, but that's something like in the future I want them to be able to see, because like you said, I want them to know, like if you're having a bad day or people are suffering a different way, I don't want them to grow up and feel uncomfortable 
because I know I did. Right. And so, you know, just trying to break that stigma, like the, it's like empathy. You can't like teach empathy, right? but I think you can show it and like people can get it. But no, I hope, I hope 12 and 12 will keep me around for a long time. I, I really think it's a place that if you look at other treatment facilities, it's very expensive, just like all healthcare is. It doesn't matter sure. again, if you have yeah. brain cancer or if you have a mental illness, it's all very very expensive. And so why I appreciate 12 and 12 is that it doesn't look at you for what's in your bank account. They just, if you're willing and wanting to change and need help, then you have a place to go. Now is, is 12 and 12 local in the mm-hmm. state or is this each state has its own 12 and 12? No, it's local. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was found and at first was actually 12 and 12. They think it's the 12 steps, but it was at 12th and Maine is why it's called 12 and 12. So I would have thought the 12 steps as well. That's yeah. And everyone thinks that, and they actually also have um, a place downtown called the Bryce house, which is after my family uh-huh. Raleigh, but, and it helps um, people that used to be the veterans. And so it houses veterans that are trying to get back on their feet and they're homeless veterans and provides them a place to stay. So that's, what's crazy is that 12 and 12 has their hands in a lot of different things and are helping so many people. Um, they just haven't always had the opportunity to let people know all that they're doing. Wow. That's amazing. I've learned so much because yes, I've always heard about 12 and 12. I never, I always thought the 12 steps. So I'm learning something new here yeah, today. Not. Don't worry. We, <laughs> we can talk more. Uh, I have a question for you. Please. Yeah. Okay. So you being here and uh-huh. you're always like on the other side of the mic, what has been like two, doesn't have to be the best, but two opportunities that you got because you are the chief meteorologist of channel two. Wow. That is a great question. One I would say is helping give back to the community, uh, whether it's emceeing events or helping, you know, nonprofits raise money. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. And and I know I only play a little small little part in that. You play huge and you do it at night when like you're supposed to be with your family and you do it for free. That's what I don't think people understand. Like when you and other people in this industry are giving back at night, you're not like yeah, we're not getting paid hey, for it. You're doing no. it out of the kindness of your heart. And your family is also someone to think because they're away from you as well. Right. So before we had kids, you know, I, I was on the board of um, emergency infant services and, uh, you know, was working hard with them. And then I had kids and, um, you know, it just takes that extra time toll right now. So I'm kind of in a little bit of a lull and I slow sure. down um, until I get... Uh, you know, the, my youngest one, Jack, he's two. Once he gets to school, then I'll kick back in it because I'll have mornings available right. again to help out and, and go to meetings and everything like that. It's just been tough to uh, work with nonprofits right now, other than what I get to do as far as emceeing events. Definitely. So so I've kind of pivoted just to emceeing and then help promote in social media. The second thing real quick is is going to schools and help educating kids about weather. Um, I was scared of, of weather as a kid, even though I loved weather. Uh, there's a lot of people that have fears of weather. Yes. Um, and, and just learn about science in general, uh, because, you know, we all get the textbook to actually allow them to see experiments and to learn more about weather in general, I think is really cool as well. So those are the two things I think. It is cool because you go, I mean, all over Eastern Oklahoma, right? When you go into schools. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. About to embark on a, a pretty big tour. I oh, guess you'd Mike, say. This is, is this breaking or is this no. already been posted somewhere? <laughs> well, I made the mis- not the mistake, but I. Uh, he, he's got all the business people in his head now. He's like, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> I uh, posted on social media on Saturday. I was like, hey, if you'd like me to speak to your school. And I forget sometimes the large reach. And I said, email me. So Mike's like, and there's 300 emails in my inbox. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I feel really bad because, you know, I'm just not 
the I would have been one of those emails, guys. I did not see this post on Saturday. I must have been, what? I don't know what I was doing. Well, you know, we can always, we have, you know, four meteorologists here, so we can always arrange yes. something. But, um, you know, trying to align it on its, because, you know, we're the, we pick four days uh, and four Wednesdays in a row. And I'm going to go out to uh, different towns on that day and speak to as many schools as possible. Mm -hmm. And then uh, besides those four, four, uh, four Wednesdays, we'll try to uh, work it in through the rest of the week. But uh, the request has been overwhelming. Which uh, is awesome. Yeah, and I, I want to respond to everyone, so I'm going to have to try to figure that one out. <laughs> um, but uh, starting then in March, I'll be touring Eastern Oklahoma to schools. So that, that'll be fun to get out in the community. Can you just send them TikTok videos as a response or something <laughs> back to them? Right, so TikTok, I know we talked about in the beginning. Yes. I. Um, well, I like the one with you and your wife. That's the one I saw. <laughs> I didn't see the other ones until you showed me. Uh, I, I'm more on the one with your wife. I like that one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that one, the one other one I showed you is a little, it's a little weird. My wife's like, what on earth is going on? And, I, I'm and, with her on this, but I know that's a whole huge audience. Oh, uh, it's unbelievable. How many was on that? Well, you got uh, so over a 1. million 1 views? In 20, uh, 36 hours, 1.1 million views. So there are billions of people that w you watch TikTok uh, each month. So billions of people on TikTok. And I got on it about uh, last year and I did something. I was like, yeah. And then I started to realize, okay, people are really going to TikTok. Sure. That's the new thing. Are you not like Snapchat is? Uh, so that's what you think. Do you I think get that's weird messages on Snapchat, so I have to block it. Creepers. Yeah, I don't even want to use that. I'm like, okay, I I can you know if you want to email me, <laughs> no secret message or whatever they're trying on Snapchat. to. Snapchat. I agree. Yeah, so I'm I'm not going. Even on. though I have lots of friends my age that are super cool and good at it, not saying that I'm just not. My brain's like. I know. I don't know if it's being in the public eye that, you know, people just, you know, like there's been a lot of great, nice comments. But, on, and then some special ones. Yeah. And, and I'm like, block, block, block. Yeah. And I'm like, what is, and you don't know who it is. It's like, what? This is a mess. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, TikTok, I think is just so captivating right now because the creativity, uh, it pushes people to be so creative and so um, unique. And uh, there's so many eyes there. And it's a very uh, skewed young demo, sure. and they're going to continue to grow up, and you kind of get there early. I know. Okay, so don't like whenever people ask me my age, I'm always like 26, know, 26. And then the other day, my girls were like, "You're almost 38." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it is so weird." And I don't think 38 is old, but it, in my head, I still think I'm so much younger than I am. I'm I like, agree. I'm totally not. If you look at my TikTok, I definitely think I'm younger. like coming to here today. I was like, "How long me and Mike have known each other?" And then I stopped adding because I was like, "This is going to be an embarrassing number." It's been a long time. Yeah, I know. You kind of put that aside, like, "Ah, oh, I've I've known Jen forever." Okay. Yes. No. Wow. It's uh, it's what our our high school. School. Reunion, 20 years? 20 years. This is summer. Oh, my gosh. That's that's. Mike, sick. I hope you're going. Um, June 20th. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I called the station. They said you were available. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird. High school, I, I love Bishop Kelly. That's one thing. I, I love but this Going school. back, it's like remembering. You know, I was weird. I'm, I'm just, I am a scientist, geeky guy. So I was just weird. I just can never find my right. Sure. The teachers were unbelievable. Yeah. I love that I could relate more to the teachers. Than it is. It's a special community, but I get mm -hmm. it. Like I went back to my college and I was kind of, college was when my dad started getting sick. I don't know. It was a weird time, mm -hmm. but it is hard for me in Tulsa because you're like, people have known you, but they've known the good, bad, and the ugly. If they still <laughs> tend to stay with you, then I'm like, hell yeah. But right. people change. You have to remember in my opinion mm -hmm. every year or every day we always like you and I are big proponents of like it's a new day or like right. being a different person mm -hmm. so people try not to judge you for like the 
not bad, but different parts of your life because you're all growing, but some people get to see you grow through all the process. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. It's true. It's true. And I don't, it's just weird. High school was not the greatest time for me because I was awkward and, and, you know, growing up, going through the the teenage stage, you know, um, and had a few friends, but uh, not a whole lot. So, and now you're like, but you know what? Everybody's so nice um, yeah. that I see now. It's it's everybody. You know, it's just weird. It's it's just well, reunions the, are different. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've never been. <laughs> Mike, maybe we should go to like a pious reunion. Will you go to that with me? I would go we to that. We could do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, because those were my friends. Yes, and that's what I say. We all, yeah. But listen, I'm, and I want to make this very clear. It's not on the people. No, it's you. It was me. I was the weird one, and I couldn't develop relationships that, that lasted, and that was on me uh, because I had different ambitions at the time. And uh, Mike was working in I high was. school <laughs> at night. Like, some other people worked at night, but he, like, worked, like, the 10 o'clock news. Like, yeah. no one else was working at 10 o'clock. <laughs> it was awesome, though. But, I mean, you'd see, and he was there the next morning. I'd always be like, well, the school let him sleep in, but no one cared. <laughs> he had to still be there. I knew what I wanted to do, and I was going to do it. Yes. <laughs> and nothing was going to stop but it's, Again, look at the rest of us, like, well, he already knew what he wanted, and he shot it to the moon. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Take I don't know that, weird Mike. See? But I always think, Mike. what's next? You yeah. know, what's next? And and try to excel in that. I know you have to work hard on in each thing you do. And you have been very successful as well. It's been really just so cool watching your career develop and the path you've decided. Well, and, thank you. And I know you've got the girls. That's your number one importance. Yes. Your husband is is really cool as well. <laughs> He's awesome. He's a Mike's, Mike has a big fan club in my family. We've got my husband... We got Jeff from HCS, who's a super fan. We got my mom, who is actually has, I think, one of the diamond super fans next yeah. to your social. Uh-huh. Yeah. So your mom is. I mean, your whole family has just always been cool. And I got to share a memory with your dad. Um, so I was in uh, uh, freshman, or no, it was eighth grade football, and I had to go get um, you know the 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 gear all tried. Sure. Make sure it was fit and everything. Yes, and my dad volunteered. He was the volunteer. Dad was the volunteer, and he was so kind. And I was again, I was so goofy. <laughs> He's probably like, what is this guy playing no. football for? And he was so friendly and so helpful because I was pretty shy, and you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And he got all the gear for me, and he was always so sweet to me and very encouraging as well. Because he was like, Mike. You can play football. You're going to be great at it. Look, look at your build. You've got this, Mike. And it just was so encouraging, so uplifting. And I've never forgotten that. Well, I, thank you. He meant it because you were a big soccer guy. Yeah. So that's, I love that he got to volunteer and create that program. And he believed it, though. And I think you knew that knowing him is that I am grateful because I feel like I got that gift from him. I really do. People who don't know me are like, that girl is so cheesy. I am totally cheesy. <laughs> but I really do believe in people mm-hmm. when – you people might not always believe in yourself. It didn't mean you needed to be a football star, but it's just nice to make you feel a little more comfortable when you're trying out something new. Exactly. So thank you. I love stories that I don't know yet. So thank you very much for <laughs> you're, sharing. You're welcome. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been our longest podcast because <laughs> uh, it's. I just enjoy talking to you. If you don't know Jen, she is the most positive, uplifting person to be around. Just a minute with Jen makes you smile. I can thank promise you, you that. And so thank you so much for taking Thanks, the time Mike. to join Good, us good luck on this. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. On the uh, Two Works For You Beyond the Forecast podcast, you can find us obviously on your podcast, favorite podcast app, which you've already found us on. So thank you so much for that. And you can always follow me on TikTok. 
<laughs> I just changed my name. I got to look. Uh, it was like at Michael Collier 12,300 or something. It was some long did you, name. Did you get an official on there? Yeah, now it's uh, at TV Mike Collier. Oh, fancy. <laughs> I'm learning the platform. Thank you so much, Jen, and have Thanks, a wonderful Mike. day.